0: You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock. My name is Christopher Linfont. Here with episode 33 of Nest Talk, recorded uh, at about 1:40 in the afternoon on April 17th, 2019. One week and one day before the start of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens have that 22nd overall pick. What are they going to do with it? Uh, We'll look at some players that they're interested in uh, later in the show, but first, we have to go over the Ravens news of the past week, and of course, we have to start with the signing of Marshall Yonda for a one-year extension. Baltimore Ravens' longtime guard, many-time Pro Bowler, Marshall Yonda, signed an extension Uh, last week, I believe it was, to take him through uh, 2020 with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, So it guarantees he's going to play in 2019. Um, There are rumors primarily on social media and Twitter specifically that Marshall Yonda was thinking of retiring, uh, and he may not have come back to the Ravens in 2019. But this extension brings him through 2019 100%. He will be on the Ravens next year. 2020 is likely as well, but of course he could decide to retire before that. Um, and I think this is a fantastic move for the Baltimore Ravens here. Marshon Yonda is one of the best guards in the NFL. Even though he is entering the twilight years of his career, uh, Marshon Yonda continues to prove every single play on the field, every single down, that he's one of the best. Um, one of the most physical guards in the NFL. Uh, could even play tackle if the Ravens have an injury there and got to move him out. And, of course, it's also crucial because the Ravens guard situation is just not good right now. And if Marshon Yonda was to hypothetically leave uh, at this point, Uh, before the Ravens could even address the guard position in the draft. Um, You know, the Ravens would, I mean, that would become their number one neatest guard immediately. The left guard situation, not a good one to begin with. If the Ravens lost right guard Marshall Yonda, it would be uh, much, much worse. But Yonda, one of the longest tenured Ravens. Uh, A lot of people think he could be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, It's very possible, um, you know, Whether or not he makes it or not, I don't know. But if if anybody's going to make it after Terrell Suggs right now, I'd have to place my bets on Marshall Yonda. So 2020 will likely be his last season. I can't see him extending his contract or signing a new one after the 2020 season, Uh, should he play in 2020, that is. Um, So yeah, Marshall Yonda re-signs with the Ravens, or signs a contract extension to bring him through the 2020 season with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Contract details aside from uh, the duration of the contract, we don't actually know yet. Um, no uh, monetary details have been released, but I would imagine that this is not a major um, uh, cap below for the Baltimore Ravens here. I'm pretty sure they would have assigned him to a team-friendly deal, and I'm sure that's what Marshall wanted because, you know, at this point in your career, why go anywhere else, uh, especially as you're starting to wind it down? Um, so, again, great news for the Baltimore Ravens, um, and this... Comes only a few days before the Ravens began their off-season workouts. Now the Baltimore Ravens began the off-season workouts on Monday with a lot of other NFL teams, uh, and the first two weeks, really, uh, as Jamison Hensley said on Twitter, are basically going to be um, in the lock—not locker room—in the classroom and in the weight room, weight conditioning, and you know, uh, strengthening football IQ, going over plays, that kind of thing. Is primarily going to be the thing the Ravens are doing. Um, you know, for the first two weeks, um, and o- OTAs will start in the end of May. Um, you know, the official team activities, uh, organized team activities. Um, so they start May 20th is the first one. They're going to be on May 20th, 21st, 23rd, 28th, 30th, 31st, uh, and then in June 3rd, 4th, 6th, and 7th. And then mini camp will begin uh, on June 11th and through the 13th. Um, so we are getting closer and closer to football at this point. Um, you know, the Ravens obviously are, are starting their practice regimen here, getting players ready to go for next season. So, you know, a lot of good things are here to come. We've got that preseason schedule we went over last time. Uh, so football is coming back pretty quickly. Uh, and, of course, the draft next week. Uh, what are the Ravens going to do in the draft? Um, they may need to draft a new defensive end. That could be what the Ravens have to do. Uh, and I say this because the Ravens are almost certainly going to lose defensive end Brent Urban. Uh, Brent Urban not re-signed by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, at the beginning of free agency, I thought they were going to try it. Then he kind of fell off the map for a little while. No one really knew what happened to Brent Urban. And yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, maybe it was the day before, I think it was yesterday though, um, Adam Schefter of ESPN, the NFL Insider, uh, breaks the news that Brent Urban meets is going well, met now, uh, with the Tennessee Titans yesterday, um, so no deal has come out of it yet. There's no indication that the Tennessee Titans are immediately going to sign Brent Urban, but they are exploring that option. Uh, and of course, Brent Urban's history of injuries is probably what's you know keeping teams from jumping all over him because without those injuries, uh, Brent Urban's a pretty darn good player. I mean, he's not you know an elite defensive end, but he's a solid defensive end, and he can be a starter for a team uh, or just a depth guy. So. I'm very surprised the Ravens actually didn't go after him. They basically let him walk. I mean, I assume they would try to try to make a deal. Again, I've said this many times, but Eric DaCosta made it sound like he was the right player at the right price, but, I mean, nothing has come out of it. There's no deal between Urban and the Ravens, and it looks like Urban is moving on to another team soon, whether it's the Titans or another team picks him up. I'm sure he'll get picked up soon, um, but Urban is out there on the open market testing um, you know, his worth. Um, you know, I don't expect the Ravens to go after a a defensive end early in the draft. It's not really one of their needs. They could probably move one of their guys like Chris Wormley or Zach Siler over there and play defensive end. Um, but I mean, they could go for him in the later rounds. I mean, they're not going to draft like Montez Sweat or somebody like that in the first round, right? To be a defensive end, you got you got to get like an edge rusher, a, a real edge rusher. Uh, if you're going to draft anybody on the defensive uh, line, there, the defensive front seven. Um, well, I mean, if you do the front seven, you could take an inside linebacker who we're going to talk about one of them in a little in a few minutes here. Um, but again, the Ravens probably going to lose Brent Urban. We'll maybe address that position in the draft. Uh, maybe they pick up a veteran free agent on the market somewhere. Who knows? I mean, but, you know, Urban played well for them last year. I believe uh, he recorded, um, you know, 30 tackles or something. Uh, let me check out his stats here. But he did well for the Ravens. Again, he wasn't dominant. He wasn't a player that was going to, you know, destroy uh, his opponents. Uh, But, he, you know, despite his injury history, he played for all 16 games. He got 27 uh, tackles combined, uh, half a sack, two pass deflections. So, I mean, not great, but not terrible. He fit the role that the Ravens wanted him to fit on that defense. And I am surprised that the Ravens uh, are not at least trying to keep him around to fit that role again next year. Um, But... You know, another guy the Ravens are letting walk is Ty Montgomery. Now, Ty Montgomery, the Ravens traded for him uh, with the Green Bay Packers this past offseason. It was right before the trade deadline hit. I think it was the day of the trade line, actually. And, I mean, the Ravens, it was, it was late October, and they just weren't hitting what they had to get. Uh, and Ozzie Newsome said, we got to make the playoffs this year. It's playoffs or bust. Let's go get a guy who might be able to help us. And that was um, Packers running back Ty Montgomery. Now, Ty Montgomery was a solid running back for the Packers and return guy basically until he took a, a kickoff return out of the end zone, ended up fumbling it against the Rams and cost the Packers the game. Aaron Rodgers very upset with that and the Packers didn't want to have to deal with that anymore. So they put Ty Montgomery on the trade block and Montgomery, you know, they searched around, tried to find a suitor that would be appropriate for him. Uh, and the Ravens came up. The Ravens offered them a 7th round pick, not for this year's draft, but actually for next year's draft. Uh, and the Packers accepted that 2027th rounder for Ty Montgomery. Um, so obviously, I mean, maybe that was the best offer. Or maybe it was the only offer they got because it wasn't a very good one. But they got rid of Ty Montgomery. And he came in and he played a role for the Ravens. Was a receiving back. Had a few blocks here and there. Wasn't the best back. Um, and I'm not surprised the Ravens let him walk. I mean, it wasn't like, he was going to fit well uh, with Mark Andrews, uh, not Mark Andrews. I'm sorry, Mark Ingram, uh, Gus Edwards, and Kenneth Dixon in the backfield. I mean, you put him there and make him a fourth running back wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, he goes to New York with the Jets. Uh, the Jets signed him. I believe it was a one-year. Yes, it was a one-year contract uh, for only 895 mil- I'm not sorry, 895 thousand uh, dollars. So not a bad deal at all for the New York Jets. So you're getting a quality player at a very, very low price. Not going to hurt the salary cap. You pair him with Le'Veon Bell, and maybe you can get something good uh, with the two of them. Of course, Le'Veon Bell, the patient runner. He's also good out of the backfield. But Ty Montgomery is probably better out of the backfield. And of course, you know he was a wide receiver in college. Played wide receiver in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, could be a nice wide receiver for the Jets as well for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's getting loaded with weapons this offseason, and hopefully the uh, the Jets hope to see you know, him take that next step next year and progress with these new targets. Now, moving on to the draft, right? So the Ravens are losing some guys, uh, and one of their biggest losses this this offseason, of course, has been C.J. Mosley. Um, C.J. Mosley, a, a, a tremendous inside linebacker. Um, so the Ravens are going to try and... Um, find an inside linebacker, perhaps, that could replace him. Now, um, I was on the Mudden Cleats podcast a few days ago, and I basically said that inside linebacker I don't think is the biggest position of need for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, I think the biggest position of need is actually wide receiver just because it's it's not a good spot right now. I mean, with Seth Roberts in there, it's a better spot. Um you know, it's a better positional group, but it's, they're just lacking a number one. I thought that that would be, you know, Boomer bust wide receiver in the first round. Or they trade down, of course. They could do that, too. Uh, and then I said it would be edge rushers, their second biggest need. Get a guy in who can complement Judon. Uh, and offensive guard, their third biggest need. Inside linebacker is a need, but the Ravens have uh, Peanut Nawaso, Patrick and Owasso, um, and Kenny Young in there, too. Uh, two players... Young players that they really like, especially Unwasso, had a very good end of the season last year. They think they could take a big step next year. Obviously, I mean, they're probably going to draft a inside linebacker somewhere in this draft, but whether it's the first round or not, I'm not sure, and I can't really def- definitively say that the Ravens would go after a first-round uh, inside linebacker, especially with these other pressing needs. Um, but if it's the best player on the board, then why not? And the Ravens are taking a very big look right now At Devin Bush, the Michigan inside linebacker, Um, you know, Devin Bush uh, is a guy that a lot of players, I'm sorry, a lot of analysts thought maybe would go in the high uh, picks of the the first round, starting to creep down towards the lower, maybe the 20s. So the Ravens, on the last day, which I think is today of player visits, the Ravens brought him into Baltimore, and they're going to, I guess, work him out or meet with him, and and probably give him a physical as well. Now, Devin Bush, uh, you know, you got the Harbaugh connection there. John Harbaugh can talk to Jim, and Jim can give him the inside information. And Jim is not going to try to sell Harbaugh, John, his brother, a bad player. They want the best for each other. So, you know, if the Ravens end up picking Devin Bush, I will trust that he's the best player to get. Uh, simply because that Harbaugh connection there, the Ravens know everything they possibly need to know about him. They want to, you know, bring him in and and work him out for themselves, too. Um, Now, he's 5'11", 234 pounds. 5'11", a little undersized, in my opinion, for an inside linebacker. I would really want him to be around 6'1", but hey, you know, I haven't watched his tape yet. Maybe I will if I have time. We've got a lot of, I'm kind of backed up on prospect reviews with some requests. Um, You know, maybe a little bit undersized, um, but he is athletic. He's, you know, he ran a four four three. 40-yard dash, 21 bench press reps of 225. Uh, he's got 32-inch arm length, 9-5-8-inch and five inch hands, jumped a 40.5-inch uh, vertical jump and a 124-inch broad jump, uh, hit 6.93 seconds on the three-cone drill, and 4.23 seconds on the 20-yard shuttle. So not a bad athlete. Uh, and again, I don't know a whole lot about him. I've been focusing more on wide receivers this offseason than anything else. Uh, i have some requests for some other players to review before the draft. If I can fit him in, I totally will. Um, But the Ravens, of course, could also go after a player like Mack Wilson uh, from Alabama. They love those Alabama players. It would be a natural fit to bring in an Alabama inside linebacker to replace another Alabama inside linebacker. Um, Devin White is a guy who's being considered one of the best linebackers in this draft class. Uh, If if not the past few draft classes, uh, but White is projected to go within the top ten. Right now, it would be a miracle for him to fall to the Ravens. Um, you know, and there's really not a lot of, of guys later in the draft that really stand out to me, an inside linebacker. I'm sure the Ravens could find somebody. I haven't done exactly all my homework here on these inside linebackers in this draft. But I could definitely see the Ravens going for Devin Bush uh, if they decide that they need to get an inside linebacker, and there are wide receivers later in the draft that, you know, they want. Now, they could even trade back four to five picks, accumulate maybe another third-round pick, trade up into the second round or something like that, uh, and grab a wide receiver there, and then maybe Devin Bush falls even further down to 26, 27, 28, wherever the Ravens trade down to, um, and the Ravens draft him there, which would be a masterful move by Eric DaCosta if they could pull that off. So I'm not taking anything off the table. Uh, I can see the Ravens drafting... Again, what I just out, outlined there, wide receiver, edge rusher, offensive guard, or inside linebacker all in the first round. Uh, but I believe their biggest needs are in that order. Wide receiver first, edge second, guard third, inside linebacker fourth. Um, mainly because I think Patrick Onwasso uh, is going to be the starter in, in the inside. He's probably going to do well this year based on what he did last year. Um, yeah, so again, we're coming up on the draft here. Uh, and You know, we're getting very close, actually. Uh, We're about a week out. And, again, you can find all of my prospect reviews on BaltimoreFeather.com, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can find all my video reviews on YouTube uh, of guys I like. My current favorite pick is Nikhil Harry, right? As a first-round wide receiver, I think he's the best wide receiver I've viewed on tape so far. I think he's the best fit for the Baltimore Ravens. As a blocker, as an Anquan Bolden type player, as a possession wide receiver, I think it fit well into the offense. Um, but the Ravens, of course, could go after wide receiver in the later rounds, second or third round. And they could trade up to the second round, uh, find a guy in the third round that maybe, just maybe, um, you know, would be sufficient for them so they could draft potentially Devin Bush or somebody else uh, like Garrett Bradbury in the first round. Um, or or Cleland Farrell, who I plan to actually review. Uh, Cullen Farrell is, has been linked to the Ravens a few times. Edge rusher would be a fantastic edge rusher to bring in a Baltimore pair with Matt Judon. Um, you know, but if we're looking at receivers, who could fall down to the you know third round? You've got Paris Campbell of Ohio State, the senior. You've got Debo Samuel of South Carolina, Riley Ridley, the excellent route runner out of Georgia, uh, and then you know you've got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Redshirt Jr. out of Stanford. I've seen many a mock draft with J.J. Arkega-Whiteside linked to the Baltimore Ravens in the third round. Potentially in the second round if they jump up to get him. Um, so, I mean, what is what do we have to know about him? Because he's our draft prospect of the week, uh, actually, this week. So 6'2", 225 pounds, uh, 3-3. Three and three, 33 and a fourth inch arm length and nine and a half inch hands did not participate at the drills at the NFL Combine. But JJ, uh, Arkega Whiteside, his stats, uh, let's take a look at Stanford. Um, you know, he was a productive wide receiver at Stanford, uh, for about three years and he produced, uh, incrementally every year. So, um, freshman year, he didn't play at all, I, I, not a single snap, according to. Um, sportsreference.com here. Uh, 2016, he's a sophomore. He comes in, plays in 10 games, 24 receptions, 379 yards, an average of 15.8 yards per catch, and five touchdowns. 2017, he bumps it up even further as a junior. Wide receiver, uh, plays in 11 games, 48 receptions, 781 yards, 16.3 yards per catch, nine touchdowns. As a senior in 2018, this past year, plays in all 12, regular season games, uh, 63 receptions, 1,059 yards, 16.8 per catch, and 14 touchdowns in 12 games. Pretty good darn good um, I plan to watch J.J. JJ Arkega uh, Whiteside's tape in the next few days as he's actually been requested uh, for me to review him, so I definitely will. Uh, but what I will say is I've been intrigued by that name for a little while now since the draft process began haven't had the chance to look at his tape, and I'm going to do that in the next few days. But he's our draft prospect of the week this week, as he has been intriguing me for a while. And, you know, I would not be surprised if the Ravens trade back a few picks in the first round, accumulate another third round, maybe even something else too with that, uh, and then trade up into the second to secure Arkega Whiteside and still have that third-round pick. Uh, Actually, they have two third-round picks right now. They might have to trade one away and a fourth rounder but they could have two third round picks or two fourth round picks uh, and really make some moves um, in this draft with a lot of guys there's a lot of depth at wide receiver there's a lot of depth I think you know on the defensive end uh, defensive line I mean so the Ravens could find a lot of talent in a lot of places now coming up for the draft you, of course, you are going to have to follow us on Twitter, at beemorefeather, or at NestTalk. I suggest beemorefeather, though. That's our main account. You can find all of our draft live coverage there. I'm debating on whether or not I should live stream the draft. I'm not sure if I have the capability to actually do that, but I will look into it if I can. I probably will. But no promises. If I'm not live streaming, I'll be live tweeting. Uh, so you can follow me, at beemorefeather, or at Linfont on Twitter, you know, from all my personal takes, non-Ravens-related half the time. Uh, but you can find... All my Raven stuff at Be More Feather. And again, follow the Twitter account for the uh, Nest Talk at Nest Talk. Now, of course, you can hit us up on Facebook and like us at uh, at the Nest Talk Facebook page or the Baltimore Feather Facebook page. Just search either Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe uh, to the channel here. And, of course, if you're listening on iTunes, rate us a 5 stars. That always helps. And if you don't want to rate us five-stars, rate us whatever you want. But, you know, subscribe on iTunes and rate us there. That always helps. Uh, So this is Chris Linfont signing out for Baltimore Feather one week and one day before the NFL Draft. The next episode of Nest Talk will be the day before the NFL Draft. Stay tuned for that. I'll see you all next week, everybody.